Welcome to The Culture Factor, where we talk to founders and influential leaders about company culture. We share stories from the C-suite that help executives engage their business from the inside and create a map to transform their culture. Because the truth is, culture eats strategy for breakfast. I want to thank our listeners for joining The Culture Factor, and I ask that you subscribe, rate, and consider leaving a review. We'd love to hear who you'd like to listen to next. As co-producers and hosts, I'm Holly Shannon, and along with Paul Jones, we welcome you to another great episode of The Culture Factor. As MindGrub's EVP and Chief Business Officer, Vince leads a diverse team of strategists and marketers to grow MindGrub's impact within Baltimore and beyond. He is the son of a retired U.S. Air Force officer and spent most of his childhood traveling around the country and the world. Vince attributes his worldview and character to his upbringing abroad. Traveling the world at a young age showed him how fortunate he was, especially relative to the youth in other countries. This perspective laid a firm foundation for his belief in the power of compassion. After settling in Maryland in his early 20s, Vince became a partner in a printing firm. He has had an entrepreneurial spirit ever since. Being a young entrepreneur empowered him to be an advocate for people in his community and beyond. A former cast member on the Fox reality television show, Goodfellas of Baltimore, he has also supported and sponsored many nonprofit and networking organizations in the Baltimore area and is one of the founding members of Network for a Cure, Baltimore Business Networking, and Baltimore Means Business. It's a pleasure to have Vince on the show, and today we're going to talk about how he's helped MindGrub uh, get on the Inc. 5000 list eight years in a row. That is something that is not easy to do, especially when you have over 100 employees. Um, you know, usually around 50 to 100 employees is where the culture of your business isn't as easy to maintain anymore, and you have to be very intentional about how you're building your culture. Excited to dive into this uh, topic with him. Let's get started. So, hello, Vincent Sharp. Welcome to the Culture Factor. Thank you very much for having me. I'm actually really excited to unpack MindGrub and the culture that you guys have built there. I was on your website earlier and the video, the highlight reel you have on your website is awesome. I just have to Thank say, I, I'd listen to that music all day long. if I I, I also love the uh, the track we, we chose for that as well. <laughs> Yeah, it's and the the footage and everything, and it, so you guys regularly get uh, one of the best places to work. You, you're you know you've been nominated by Baltimore Magazine. You're up there in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, you can look online and you can see a lot of the different. You know, you can see your office, you can see your employees, and it it looks like a great place to work. So. I wanted to jump in. Could you tell us a little bit about, you know, the the stuff that you're doing at MindGrub and the culture you have over there? Sure. So um, MindGrub, we're, you know, we're, I think we're just at about a little over right around 150 employees. Um, we're a digital agency, full service, end to end. Um, you know, we started as a kind of a production house. Um, the story goes, our CEO was working for Deloitte. You know, this was back right after the early 2000s. And, you know, cold winter day up in New York doing the, the road warrior thing. A bus goes by, splashes him with some cold water from the street. The iPhone comes out the next day and he's just like, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm done. I'm starting my own agency. And with four interns from a local college, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, he started MindGrub in his basement. 
And I tell this story because it really lays the foundation for our culture. He started the company being able to identify the potential in four interns um, from a local college. And it, it really, you know, like I said, set the foundation for how we still hire today. You know, um, we really promote personal and professional growth. Um, we encourage people to be the best versions of themselves, their, their authentic self. Um, we want people to do the best work that they can do. So like you said, you know, we're, we just found out uh, last week that we're again on the Inc. 5000 list, and that's for the eighth year in a row. Um, there aren't too many companies that can say that they've been on the Inc. 5000 eight years in a row. And while we're not the largest co- agency, um, we really hit hard in our weight class. Um, we compete with the Deloitte's and the Accenture's on a regular basis for very large enterprise um, product builds. And, um, you know, we, we've really built quite of a quite of a firm here. I love it. And you kind of the the sense that I get, I mean, you're in an industry that requires a lot of creativity. Um, it requires a lot of um, just being able to be, you know, graphics and, and, and development and thinking on the fly and trying new things and breaking new things. And so uh, one of our conversations that we had earlier was when you, and you've kind of been a huge advocate of building this intentional culture. Um, one of the things, what, what are some of the things that you focus on as an executive team when it comes to considering the clients that you have to work with and the culture that you want to build, what are some of those mainstays that you, that you think of that are important to, to being able to perpetuate that creativity in, inside your workforce? Sure. Um, I mean, you have to hire problem solvers. Um, you have to hire out of the box thinkers. Um, it just earlier today, I was talking to our COO, uh, Shalisa Muhammad, and we're hiring someone in our accounting department. But we were talking about someone we had met earlier in an event, you know, pre-COVID, who isn't even in accounting. But that person, you know, we could tell had the right tools. And um, we thought, why don't we give them a call and see if we can give them a try? Um, So we can teach a lot, but there are certain intangibles you can't teach, which are, you know, the problem solving and the out of the box thinking. Um, So, you know, we, we definitely you know, pride ourselves in that. And, you know, just to touch on the elephant in the room during, during these times, during COVID, um, you have to do things differently. You have to do everything faster. Um, if you used to have a meeting that was an hour, try to get that meeting down to 30 minutes. And if there was things that are, were duplicative, you know, see if you can combine them. And because um, you have to, you know, really try to reduce your team's anxiety. Um, everybody's, you know, living a a little bit high strung right now for the obvious reasons. Um, So by talking about everything in in long-term goals, it allows you to keep that culture um, on the forefront. Um, And, you know, these aren't, these aren't things that um, are, are new in leadership. You know, everybody's trying to do these things from fortune, you know, 100 companies all the way down to small business. Um, but we really take these things seriously. Our, our, our CEO makes these things a priority for for us and our leadership team. And we try to cascade these things down to our directors and managers. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question, Vincent? Um, you had said that the company was started with college interns. So, you know, nowadays that would be also termed like digitally native 
um, employees. How do your stakeholders feel about working with that young talent? Do you, do they, do you find that that's almost like your secret sauce that what makes mind grub stand out from other agencies is that you're working with, um, talent that sort of approached the digital universe very differently because most people would be saying, well, don't you want to hire people who have experience, um, in agencies and, and you kind of started differently and it sounds like you continue to run a little differently. No, that's that's certainly true, and and don't get me wrong. We certainly also do hire experience um, or people with experience, and and you know the immediate thought is that translates into an an age thing. But what we're looking for is just the ex- the experience. If you can do the job, and yes, you know we we would like to think that one of the things we do best, and it cascades into our culture, is that we can spot potential. Um, so if you can do the job and you can prove that you can learn that, that skill, um, we're going to give you a shot. Um, so we certainly do have, you know, people with more experience, but we, we like to look for people that have potential. Um, and, and that's the kind of thing that, um, has really kind of molded, um, our culture. It's certainly been one of those things. I think you could really build on um, strengthening a company culture when you're um, using that technique where you bring people in that you not only have potential, but can become emerging leaders within the organization and maybe take you to that next level. Absolutely. I mean, look, we have, um, you know, I know this sounds cliche nowadays, but we really do have a work hard play hard kind of atmosphere. Um, we have people that will do whatever it takes to get the job done for our clients. Um, you know, now with being remote, um, that gives a lot of flexibility and sure we, we miss hanging out with each other, but we're doing all kinds of things. And, and these are things that we've did pre COVID, but we have a ton of clubs. We have a fun committee that plans activities like cooking classes and happy hours and game nights. We do a mind grub cribs where People can walk you through in a virtual environment, obviously walk you through their house and everybody asks questions and it gets really fun and, and intimate. Um, we even have a hot sauce club. So, you know, we have a lot of coworkers that hang out outside of work. I, I can think of at least a handful of people off the top of my head who their best friend also works at MindGrub. I can tell you about some engagements and weddings that came out of MindGrub. Um, the community has you know, dubbed our employees mind grubbers. Um, we really have a culture that we nurture, we water every day. Um, and it really comes out in the quality of our work because that's what we're really known for. We're known for our people and putting out the best product any agency or consultancy of our, of our caliber can deliver. So you have the track record. I mean, eight years on the Inc. 5,000 best places to work is is amazing. So the consistency alone is incredible. What And you talked a little bit about making sure that you're hiring to the right people. Um, what are some of those other factors that are leading to that consistent ranking for you guys? You know, we, we do. So we've had to transition um, you know, your marketing, we, you can't do in-person events. It's something that we've done in the past extremely well. 
um, we do in in person events really well. We had a uh, MindGrub outdoor speaker series. We had to figure out how to pivot that into the virtual environment, um, as well as a, a lot of other activities, you know, that we did in a in a virtual environment. But because our people are known as the top talent, um, we've had some incredible, um, you know, numbers as far as attendance with our virtual events. So we've been able to pivot, you know, these live in-person events that we were doing that were very successful into equally successful virtual events. And as we both know in this, um, we all know, you know, in, in this, this uh, during the pandemic um, and the isolation, you've been on some webinars, I'm sure, like I have with some really big names and you're and they expect, you know, hundreds or thousands of people to show up and you see those numbers like 15, you know, 20, <laughs> 25. And I, I'm not going to call the, a couple of these folks out, but we're talking about huge names that fill arenas. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been able to, by talking about things that are relative, not being tone deaf, um, putting on virtual events that are just getting some outstanding uh, attendance. And obviously you have to deliver great content, but people aren't there to, we, I guess my point is we couldn't do that if our employees and if we weren't known as the best talent out there, nobody would want to hear from us. Um, so that really speaks to our culture and the fact that that is permeated, you know, out into the ether. Um, you know, it's one of the things that I'm certainly most proud to be a part of. Um, I work with the smartest people um, on the planet every day. You know, it, it's just every day. It's, it's just you really feel lucky to work with such talented folks. You know, it might be interesting. You've had so much luck with the virtual events that even when we come out of the pandemic, you might want to hybrid and have live and virtual because it sounds like you really have the audience in both places. Oh, yeah. So virtual events aren't going anywhere. Um, We've, you know, just to give you, you know, some numbers, you know, we've, you know, figured out that, you know, our our attendance um, is just about equal. our productivity while being virtual just as a company is actually up. Um, of course we know that, you know, tech is the only industry that I think unemployment has gone from 2.5 to, I think it's 1.6%. So it's the only industry to actually have gone down. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of talent out there right now. And, you know, it's unfortunate that a lot of places are seeing a lot of hardships and, you know, that's, that's hard to see. And we're, we're cognizant of that, but we've been able because of that also to pick up some great talent. You know, we've, we've hired, I think 27 people over the last three months. We probably have two dozen open, um, uh, positions. So our, our growth has continued right through COVID. It's a testament to our culture though. It's a testament to our people. Our people are our product as much as what we deliver to our clients. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. And I've heard this saying a lot. And I think that you're supporting this, which is that culture, your brand is culture inside out. So who you have, what your culture exists inside of your company, that's what that's the experience people are going to have with your brand. And if your secret sauce is hiring people that you see potential in and then bringing top talent in, then it's just a matter of being able to showcase the top talent that you do have at MindGrub, but being able to create a culture where people feel like they are that top talent as well, um, I think is would be really important for you guys. How are you um, 
you know, you, you've talked a little bit about the interview process and seeing the potential. Is there anything you can share with our audience that would help us understand what that actually looks like for you guys there at MindGrub? Sure. So, I mean, so we're totally transparent. You know, we've, um, our CEO really runs the company like a publicly traded company. And all of our metrics in our monthly, you know, all hands meetings are shown in graphs like a stock ticker. Um, and those things have been featured on, you know, in a, a couple, you know, media outlets um, over the last four months. So we're very transparent. We, we showcase our culture out there on social media and, and lots of different marketing campaigns. So it, it doesn't take a lot to see what you're, you're getting should you want to come uh, to MindGrub. Um, so some of the ways that, you know, we, we, we try to bring talent in and, and inter, interview talent is, you know, really trying to ask them how they think they might fit in. Sometimes, you know, we might find out all kinds of things like somebody has um, way more other talents than what we're actually interviewing them for. And often we think we're hiring somebody for one position and we end up hiring them for another position. Hmm. Um, so really uh, getting really in depth, uh, I guess, with our, with our, with our, um, you know, our, uh, people who are applying for positions in MindGrub, you know, we, we often find out a, a lot of new information, which, um, you know, takes them in a different direction sometimes than we thought. And that's something that, you know, we don't, don't just look at a, a stack of resumes, um, and, you know, look for, for keywords. We're really looking for specific things that will let us know that they could be a good culture fit first. Yeah. You know, when you, when you focus on just those algorithms, right. um, I, I call it algorithm soup, you know, like if you, if you don't check certain boxes, you fall into the pot of soup right. and you never make it to the desk of the HR and you could be losing out on somebody who's truly special. Um, Vincent, let me ask you this question. So there's a culture of ownership. So ownership implies to me that you're supporting almost like an entrepreneurial drive within the company because everybody's got such unique talents and, and that's why you bring them in. So, you know, some people call that like intrapreneurship. Mm -hmm. um, so for somebody to take ownership and make it feel like it's theirs, but um, do you have like maybe an example or a story that you might be able to share of where that really came into play and, and how MindGrub um, sort of embraced that uh, so that our listeners can have a sense of the inner workings. So our, our CEO, Todd Marks, has truly pulled off um, the best magic trick that every CEO tries to do with his leadership team, which is that we, we all take ownership of this uh, company, MindGrub, as though it was our own baby. And he's intentionally hired um, a leadership team where we are all very entrepreneurial. And that is also cascaded down into how our leadership hires. I think everyone on our leadership team of 12 um, has owned an agency or company of their own. So when I say we're truly entrepreneurial, we've all, we are all actually entrepreneurs. Um, a good example of this is one of our subsidiaries um, is MindGrub Robotics. And our, our chief technology officer, Jason Perry, um, once the, the robotics craze was, was hitting 
you know, his, his frontal lobe when we were out at CES a couple years ago. And we saw a lot of the robots that were being showcased at CES. And they were basically just tablets, you know, on a, on a circle, which you're going to call a, a head and, you know, just basically tablets on a, on a machine that was moving around. Nothing really special. I saw those in Palo Alto. <laughs> and, and, Jason, and this was a couple of years ago. And Jason said, yeah. you know what, Todd, we can build something better. Um, we get back to our office and within a very short amount of time, we launched MindGrove Robotics with our chief technology officer as uh, a co-founder, totally funded and, you know, as a, as a project of MindGrove. Um, so when we see those, in, and that's just one example, there, there are several. I'm, I'm also the co-founder of our government uh, division, MindGov, where we're trying to just replicate what we've done um, in the private sector and the public sector. And we've picked up some huge contracts, actually, just over the last six months um, with several different branches of government. Uh, we work with NASA. Um, so when we see an opportunity, um, you know, th there's the backing of your company, which nothing really feels better than knowing that that support is there um, and we go all in. So that is one of the things that makes us totally unique. We have several different entrepreneurial companies within MindGrow. That is really great. Um, let me ask, what aren't we asking you about company culture and about MindGrub and why it's so successful? You know, like I, like I said, it, it's a, it's a special place, but it's not magic. Um, when you, when you kind of, or, you know, when you kind of put together the, the formula that I've, that I've kind of explained, that is truly what we, what we live and breathe. And we, and we, you know, it, it's, it's just part of our DNA. Um, when you support your people, um, when you, you know, during a time like now, when you lower people's anxiety um, by talking about long-term goals, um, when you have lots of outlets um, and you know, when, and when your people know that there's nothing you can't bring to your manager or leadership um, to make your life better at work, which obviously goes into your personal life, it, it creates a, a, a really special place like Mindgrub. Um, and that's what we truly, truly have. And, and like I said, it's from our different clubs and our diversity inclusion committees and all of our different committees and our fund committee and all of the different activities that we have. We actually have a calendar of events every month. Um, and like I said, we've hired 27 people um, over the last three months. And every Tuesday, we have a socially distanced outside of our office, new hire breakfast, where if you want to come in and be able to meet some of leadership um, we'll all come in and, and we'll meet you. We, we do that twice a month. Um, so we can still have that personal, personal connection um, during this very virtual time. Um, Seems... Go ahead. Oh, Vince, I was going to say, you know, if, if I was to get on um, some of your social mind group, social media, I would see a lot of the stuff that, you know, we think of a lot of people think of with a new tech company, ping pong, foosball, uh, free food, all of that kind of thing. And, and, you haven't mentioned that at all on the podcast because Absolutely really, not. 
Yeah. Dive into that a little bit for us. Cause oh, is yeah. that culture? Or is that not? Because you're talking a lot about, you're, you're talking a lot it's, about way more important things than just that. It's totally not culture. Do we have all those things when we were in a physical environment, the free food and catered lunch every day and the coolest office you've ever seen? Absolutely. I mean, they call us the, the Google of the East in Baltimore. I mean, we have one of the coolest offices you've ever seen, a climbing wall. Um, we built a replica of the Star Trek holodeck. Um, wow. <laughs> all those things. And that's where we, you know, we originally tested and, and built a lot of our VR and AR software um, in our labs division. Yes, we have all of those very cool things, um, but that's not what makes culture. And that's why, you know, what the, the real challenge is, why don't you try to keep that culture cohesive during a global pandemic and global social justice movement? Mm-hmm. Um, so while all those things are very cool, those aren't the things that inspire people. And, and what inspires people is knowing that their leadership has their back. Um, what inspires people is knowing that during a crisis, they are the first thing that their leadership um, is thinking about um, and making sure that their needs are taken care of. Um, so that was the challenge. And luckily, we just we have an extremely strong foundation at our leadership offsite uh, that our CEO, the CEO took us on I think this was last summer, so about a year ago now. We, you know, we identified it's been a 10-year bull market. You know, there's an election coming up next year. There's going to be some kind of disruption in this 30% per year growth that we've been experiencing. So let's really, you know, look at that. Let's dissect that and figure out what are the things we can do to be as secure as possible um, should this happen. We didn't think it would be uh, the obvious, a, a global pandemic. But we looked at some of the industries we were in. Do we want to be in heavily in hospitality uh, anymore? Um, so we really looked at the industries that we were in. Um, we do 30% of our business uh, just about as in the utilities and energy sector. People are always going to have to pay their energy bill. But again, those things speak to our culture. We don't do these things because, well, you do these things because the obvious goals of you want to continue to make money as a business but you do these things and you want to make money as a business so you can keep it growing and take care of your employees. Um, and that's, I really think that's, that's in our core. Again, it's in our DNA. Wow. That's amazing. I, I really love that you figured that out and I'm really glad that actually that last question unearthed sort of that human side that you really focused on during COVID Um because I think it's really great to hire people and to have that culture of ownership. But when times are really scary and tough, like they are now to know that you dialed in on just being human together and, and helping people out within your community and using the clubs, maybe to even, you know, keep people open-minded to sharing and helping each other. I think that's really amazing. Absolutely. You know, we, because of everything that's going on in the world right now, you know, a lot of our employees came and said, you know, there are certain, um, there are certain causes that I feel really passionate about right now. Um, there are certain, uh, groups that I think we should take a look at, you know, that maybe we should be partnering with. Um, our ideas come from everywhere. You know, we can be in a a stand up on a project and a lead developer will come to me and say, you know, I have this idea for a marketing campaign. 
our ideas come from everywhere. Everybody is comfortable, regardless of what position you're in at the company um, or, or where you sit um, in what department to speak with anybody across the board if an idea comes to mind about just about anything. Um, but like you said, we, we've done a lot of partnering with the community now. You know, we, we started printing. We have a bunch of 3D printers and we started printing clips for face masks for local hospitals. Um, we partnered with a lot of different nonprofits for initiatives from, you know, feeding our, our frontline workers and our essential workers um, to lots of different initiatives. Um, so showing that you care, um, that comes, you know, that's, that's a, that's a gotta be a company wide initiative. And we've tried to, to help out just about um, all the different causes that were brought to us from our employees. Yeah, it seems like it's not just showing that you care. A lot of companies are going to say that's a bonus check. It's it's showing that you care about what your employees care about and you want to help support them. And and that would actually that that kind of goes and supports what you're saying in terms of entrepreneurship. And it sounds to me like, you know, where a lot of companies might have diversity, they certainly don't have inclusion and you have been able to build a culture of inclusion. And because I can come on as an employee and I have all these opportunities to join clubs or join uh, an, an, an initiative that an employee put on, you're creating this inclusive community where I feel like I can go and plug into a group of people that uh, I can be a part of. 100%. Mind grubbers unite. <laughs> 100%. And we really do have, you know, we, we have lots of different things for lots of different um, interests. So, I mean, we have a hot sauce club um, and these guys get together and, you know, we'll try different hot sauces. We have a, a beer club that gets together and everybody brings a different beer from around the world and they sit and they do a tasting. I mean, we, we have just about every, we have a gamers club, of course, and that's not too hard to imagine coming from a, um, an agency, but we have something for every interest. And if there's something that you want to start, all you got to do is go ahead and do it. Yeah. You know? So what does that look like, Vince? If I, let's see, I want to start a club. Do, how do I get, do, do I need to go to HR for that? Or what, what does that look like in, in your company? So, so, yeah, I mean, you have to go to HR and then, um, you know, we have budgets uh, set aside for our, for our different clubs. Hmm. And, you know, it, it's really as easy as going to HR and, talking to, you know, some of your colleagues who also have that interest in finding a group to start that, you know, that first club event or, or club meeting, and then you're off to the races. Um, you know, it, it's, it's really that, that easy. And, and like I said, a lot of our employees are, um, you know, they, they hang out together um, outside of work. You know, I, I just saw something, we had a group of employees that went and found a secluded beach um, down in Virginia and they were all there this past weekend. I, you know, I saw that on social media over the weekend. So we were very, very tight. Um, and like I said, that it's been something that's been cultivated. Um, and it's goes back to our roots, you know, in our CEO's basement mm -hmm. you know, in 2003. From your perspective, the, the, you know, a lot of companies don't focus, have this focus on connection and clubs and things like that. How important 
how or how key has this idea of connecting employees through clubs been for you guys? Oh, it's been very key. And and look, I'm not naive. We, we're very fortunate right now to still be growing at the same rate that we were uh, pre-COVID. Um, a, a lot of companies are not that fortunate and and have had considerably uh, more hardship. So I'm not naive. I know that a lot of things can change for all of us with another new cycle. Um, so we're very fortunate to have this continued growth and the good problem of not having enough uh, talent fast enough. Um, so those are good problems to have, uh, right? But it, it's still, you know, having those, 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 those clubs, those groups, it's what, it's what truly keeps us connected. You know, after our, our monthly, um, our monthly all hands meeting, you know, we'll, we'll all stay on and sometimes people stay on for an extra hour or two, you know, so we'll end up with, you know, 30, 40 people after our monthly all hands meeting, which, you know, we try to make as exciting as possible, but you're basically going through a lot of deep departmental metrics and numbers and everybody will stay on because, and you'll hear people say things like, man, it's really good to see you. Oh, look at your new haircut and, you know, all those kind of things. So um, we truly care about one another. And I know that sound might sound a little corny, um, but we really do operate like a family. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's hard to get to, to be able to be to that point. I think a lot of companies talk about um, the place where they work has that sense of community and they're like family, but it's, it's really for optics. And it sounds like yours is the complete opposite that you've actually really created it. It really exists. And um, you truly have this special company and family unit within MindGrub. I, I, I applaud you. I think it's fantastic, Vincent. You know, bravo for, for creating this with your, with your teams. Thanks. I mean, it, it's true. It is a, um, a special place and, you know, and we're, we're creating some of the, um, you know, coolest products. Um, you know, again, we're, we've been so fortunate because we do work across so many verticals, so many industries. Um, so being able to help so many different kinds of, of companies from enterprise to your, you know, mid-market and startups with digital transformation, um, during, during this, uh, you know, isolation, this pandemic, um, and con- to continue to grow, uh, has been, has been pretty awesome. It's been pretty amazing. Well, I think that, um, mind grubbers are going to be, um, on the Inc 5,000 for a ninth year in a row with the best place to work. So, I, I'm going to uh, close on this note saying thank you so much, Vincent. This was amazing. And we look forward to seeing your upward trajectory in the digital transformation space. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot, Vince.